0: If you've been listening to the show, you know I've been diving into the direct care business model for physicians as a way to rebuild our American healthcare system and end the burnout epidemic. If you're working with us as a planning client, we can help you get clarity on what it takes to get there, keep you accountable, and even give you a bunch of examples of how well this has worked for others. But I know many of you will need more than that. You may need support doing things you've never had to do before, like business planning or marketing or even IT. And I'm sure you could probably use a part. That's what my friends at Freedom Health Works can do for you. They are the complete direct primary care solution for physicians that wanna buck the system. They can help you set up and run your own practice with easy financing and support you with the business strategy, hiring guidance, technology setup, client acquisition, and even your website. If you're curious to learn more about them, hit pause, grab your phone right now, and save this number, 317-804-1203. That's 317-804-1203. We've also had their CEO on our May 2nd episode, one of their current clients on our June 13th episode and a client of ours who just started working with them on our show that aired on July 18th. Make sure and give those shows a listen if you're curious, but if you want to get some questions answered directly, give them a call. They're a great team. And once again, find out more at 317-804-1203. And make sure to tell them I sent you. Welcome to Finance for Physicians, a show where we empower physicians like you to practice medicine the way you always dreamed you would. This podcast features doctors, physicians, and experts that share one main thing in common. We believe having control of our finances leads to having control of our lives. In a world where doctors' lives are often dictated by our needs to maximize income, pay back massive student loans, and buy homes, many of us give up reaching those goals, but it doesn't have to be this way. If you are ready to learn how financial wellness creates happier doctors and patients, then I'm your guy. I'm your host and financial expert, Daniel Wren. Let's get started. Jeff, what's up, man?
1: Hey, Daniel, how have you been?
0: I'm good. We got some emergency student loan stuff to talk about. Unfortunately, I was hoping that all this, first of all, they've changed about a zillion things and everything's turned back on after how many years of being off?
1: Oh man. It's been since March of 2020. So three three and a half years.
0: Yeah. So it's like it was off for three years and while it was off, they changed like eight zillion things. And then, It's just getting all turned back on right now. So, I mean, I was hopeful that there wouldn't be any problems, but it's kind of a little bit of a recipe for problems, I would say to exist. So unfortunately we're starting to see some signs of some problems brewing. So we wanted to make sure and pop on here quick and talk about what those are. So Jeff, you want to kick us off with what you're seeing?
1: Yes. So. I guess what a surprise that, you know, Daniel and I, we, we've we had the pleasure of dealing with student loans for years now, but that a servicers that are trying to hire up brand new individuals and get payments restarted are not doing things correctly. Whoa, surprise, right? Big
0: um, surprise. This is sarcasm.
1: So I will hopefully have some patience as you deal with your servicer, but yeah. there are some issues that we're seeing right now that I think are very important to address. And that is that payments are not always showing up on your new servicer or as they're being restarted the way that they should be. In fact, they are showing up quite a bit higher in many cases right now.
0: Yeah. So warning sign or like red flag, if your payment is not what you had expected it to be, that's like time to dig in or another like signal that there's a problem is like, you're not paying anything and you thought you were going to pay something. Cause like maybe they kicked you into forbearance or. Something like that.
1: Yes. So just to give some really brief background, as payments resume, for most individuals should be resuming at the same level that they shut off at. So unless you've done anything in between, like go to a new payment plan or uh, consolidate, consolidated, something like that, the payment should be the exact same. And so if you are looking at, you, if you have federal loans, you need to go to your servicer, see what the payment shows. And if it is not what you expect, now it's time to do a little bit of research. Can I set this up with a quick case study here, Daniel? Sure, yeah. So case in point right now, we have one family that we're working with and it's not an isolated case by any means. So I don't think that this is a one-off thing. We see this from a lot of other financial planning and student loan planners across the country, but this individual had $0 payments going into the pandemic. Uh, certainly would be expecting that n- no other action really had been taken other than employment was certified for PSLF. So that's the only thing that happened. Nothing that would change a payment.
0: No income information provided during.
1: Right. Yeah. Nothing has changed other than that one item. And so now, in this case, it is Mohila that is the company they're dealing with. But and it does sound like there are more issues with Mohila than some of the other ones. Maybe because they deal with more loans. yeah, But the payment that they received or that they were supposed to start paying was listed at $3,000 a month, <laughs> which is quite a bit different and a little bit shocking compared to expecting $0, right? And so that is the a case. That and now, if
0: you're going for PSLF, that's like, well, it's kind of shocking to be like, man, I wasn't ready for $3,000 a month when I was planning on zero. But if you're going for PSLF, that's especially disheartening because you're like, man, I didn't want to throw $3,000 out the window every month.
1: Right. And so here's the deal, though. Here's the, an issue that we're seeing is that if you call into Mojila to say, hey, what's the deal right now? Uh, you know, I was expecting a much lower payment or no payment at all. The status quo right now is that borrowers are being directed to recalculate their payment based on current income. So they'll say, "Hey, maybe that guess what, borrower, there is this new plan." And maybe we should give our borrowers a name like John and Sally. <laughs> "Hey Sally, you know, here's the deal. There's this new save plan and yeah, you could probably get a lower payment by applying for that." Or you know, yeah, you're right, you know, your your payment plan should be lower than $3,000 a month. We can recalculate that we can we can do that for you. The issue right now is that it would require updated income information. and so if you were in this case, I know we're speaking finance for physicians here, if you were finishing up residency or in residency in twenty twenty, you know, as things were were shutting down, your payment may have been zero dollars, but now we're three to four years <laughs> into practice and your payment would be much higher. So we don't want to see that payment increase based on new income right now.
0: Yeah, that could be the worst possible thing to recertify to get this cleared up.
1: But yeah, so the answer that we're receiving from phone calls or the steering that's going on there right now is, go ahead, let's recalculate your payment. We can do that. Yeah, we'll get you fixed right up. However, that's not the correct action in many cases right now. I guess maybe it's helpful to go through what is supposed to happen as student loans resume here. And we said that that should be the same payment that was in place when the pandemic pause began, unless there are a a few occasions that that may change if you had recertified income in between. And now that payment should be in effect until your next income-driven repayment plan anniversary. So when you would normally have to certify income during the pandemic during the pause no one has been required to recertify their income and so what that means is right now on the files that certain servicers are receiving some of those dates still show up as august of 2023 there was an income certification anniversary or september of 2022 was the the anniversary of that and my what we see right now is that that may be triggering the servicer now to say, "Hey, you are past due on your certification."
0: Okay, so that's what you're thinking is triggering this whole way inflated payment coming up.
1: Yeah, in the cases we've seen so far, it's there has been a an old income-driven repayment anniversary date in the file. So I think it's important. And when you
0: say the file, what are you talking about?
1: Oh, the file. That's a good one. <laughs> So there is on studentaid.gov a master file of basically your entire federal student loan history called MyAid Data. Mm. And so if you look into that file, and if you do find that file, it's right underneath your profile on studentaid.gov. There's one that says My Data. If you open that up, you are going to say nobody wants to look at this you're file. Like, <gasps> it is a .txt document. So yeah. most people open that up and like, oh, what's this? No, and,
0: you're in. That's what you want.
1: But that is the file that has basically your entire student loan history there in a format that is almost unreadable unless you know what you're looking for. But it does have what your payment plan is. Is It has what your scheduled repayment amount is supposed to be. It has your anniversary for certifying income as well.
0: Yep. So you can so, control F. That's how you do search, right? Control F.
1: Yeah, at least on Windows. I'm not cool enough <laughs> if for that.
0: Yeah, I don't know Apple, but if you're Windows, you go to, you, do, you open that document, you control F, and then you, ser- you could search for what? IDR anniversary?
1: Yeah, anniversary would, would get you there.
0: Anniversary. And then that'll show you your date when they have in the system that you're supposed to recertify income.
1: Right. And so the rule there right now is no one is required to recertify anything until at least March. First of 2024. So March 1st of next year. Yep. At this point is the earliest that you would have to recertify income. If you have a date that falls between now and March 1st, or I guess anytime, it would actually get pushed out an entire year then. Yep. So it is possible. March 1st is the earliest that you could have, you would have to recertify, but you could still keep the same payment as long as February 28th unless it's a leap year, I'm not sure what 2025 is. It's an odd year, so it's not a leap year. So February, 2028 of 2025, you could potentially not have to recertify income to until.
0: Well, right. It's a little concerning that we, that's what the rules say, but the servicers are like, nah, we're going to charge you.
1: Right. And so that's where I I guess this is a working theory, but from the cases that we're seeing where this is grossly incorrect, that date is still showing as in the past and
0: on the file on the giant student loan file,
1: right on the giant student loan file. Yeah. And so,
0: so you can look for that. That's another warning sign. If you see, if you go pull that file up and you see that your date is old for your IDR anniversary, that's a sign that the servicer might not have updated records correctly or have incorrect dating and therefore consider you overdue or whatever.
1: Right, right. And to make things more interesting, on studentaid.gov itself, where you can look up, when do I have to recertify my IDR plan? There is a FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions section there, that says, it spells out the earliest that you'd have to do this is March 1st, 2024. And then it goes on to say, on your account, my aid page, you may still see a recertification date that is earlier. We're working on it. (laughs) And we thank you for your patience. So they know that it's this is happening at the department of education yeah studentaid.gov but that communicating to the servicer who has brand new employees that are trying to take care of all this stuff right now is not leading to correct outcomes right
0: so yeah i just you just want to be super careful because i would hate to see people recertify income like following the servicer that doesn't know exactly like the servicer that's brand new that doesn't know this stuff says you need to recertify income to fix this. That's like the worst thing possible you could do because that kind of like, I don't know. I mean, that would be a lot harder to undo, I think.
1: Yeah, that isn't, yeah, that's exactly the issue is once you've gone through that process, now you've granted access to new income information to studentaid.gov and it's gonna be very hard to get that reversed, Uh, maybe not get that reversed because technically you have voluntarily recertified your income.
0: Yep. So the best thing to do is call the servicer. If, if you're noticing you're having these sorts of issues on your student loans, like the payments, not what it's supposed to be, or forbearance happened, or your, your ID or anniversary date is wrong, call the servicer, or if you're working with us, reach out to us and we can start to look at it for you as well. But calling the servicer, and then they're going to tell you to recertify your income, it sounds like, <laughs> and you have to be persistent about no, it's actually, I'm not gonna do that because I don't have to.
1: Yes, so be kind, but be firm that- Yeah. No, I do not want to recertify my income. I do not want to recalculate my payment. And I think probably going in with just a few facts to that conversation is important. First of all, I guess, first of all, if the difference is not that big, I do not know that I would be personally making a call to get it corrected right now.
0: Like if it's five bucks or 10 bucks. If it's
1: five bucks or 10 bucks or, uh, you you can place your own value on time or or payments, but 50 bucks, something like that. If it's lower, I probably wouldn't be calling. It's very possible. So under some of the new payment plan or under the new payment plan, it's possible that your payment was recalculated and it's lower because of that. So I would not argue with that and I I wouldn't call in and try to change that. Mm -hmm. But if you have a, gross mistake or material mistake here with the payment amounts. Thousands of dollars would certainly qualify. Like the case
0: study you gave is 3,000.
1: Yeah, so this was supposed to be zero coming in at 3,000. You need to know what your, just number one, know that payments are supposed to resume at the pre-pandemic paused amount. And so if you know what that payment is, document that. You can get your scheduled payment from that file as well, the aid data file. For that, you'd actually have to go through each individual loan and add up the total. Yeah. Uh, or if you're working with somebody like us, we'll we'll be able to macro that and get it a little bit uh, more readable and and take it quickly from there. But know what your payment's supposed to be.
0: Yep. So know your payment's supposed to be, and then also you got to stay firm on this. Yep. Rule that they that you don't have to recertify until at the earliest March first. Right. Probably later. I mean, depends on when your last date was.
1: Yeah. At the very least you can go to studentaid.gov or point to it and say, look, it says right here, the earliest we're required to certify is March 1st, 2024. Mm. If you want to have a more certain date, you can go into that file and find it. But you know those two facts and then you need to be persistent in having them correct it, not recalculate anything.
0: Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, Hopefully this is the last time we have to get on here and talk about problems.
1: (laughs) Oh boy. Oh, that wasn't a joke, Daniel. (laughs) Eh, But yes, I do hope I certainly, and I really, I expect that in the coming months, things will get a little bit better as both new representatives at these companies that are staffing up, get some, experience trial by fire really yeah and then also hopefully some of these other issues with the dates and things being corrected in the files themselves lend lend themselves to a better operation overall but
0: yeah it reminds me we were talking about this before we started recording it reminds me it's exact same sort of issues that used to happen all the time back especially back like in the 2010 2015 time frame like early in on pslf the servicers just didn't really understand it well enough. It was a complicated program that they rolled out, especially because they tied it to income and you call the servicer and they're like, well, you know, I don't really know how to calculate your income <laughs> or like, I don't know which plan is best. Like, or, you know, I'm not sure why it went in forbearance. And it was just like, there was mistakes all over the place and the servicers really didn't know what was going on. Cause there, it was a bunch of 22 year old straight out of college that there would be no way they would know what was going on. <laughs> you just can't oh. learn a complicated system that fast.
1: Yeah, and that's why give them grace, but be firm um, yeah. in, in what you know and what your facts are because it's complicated and it's not not easy to navigate. So yep. know your facts, know what you don't want to happen when you call in and be be persistent.
0: Yep. Awesome. All right, Jeff. Well, it's been fun as always, and we'll look forward to talking next time.
1: All right. I'll see you soon.
0: All right, Jeff. You've been listening to Finance for Physicians. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast player. On this show, we believe that when you prioritize your finances, you take better care of yourself, have more fulfilling relationships with your families, And most importantly, provide higher quality care for your patients. If you feel this way too and want to learn more, then make sure to join our community. Follow the Finance for Physicians Facebook group for bonus content and sneak peeks on next week's episode. Thanks for listening.